Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Tuesday, the 1st of August. We're in August, folks. Uh, you're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on talk. Coming up, Rishi Sunak has pledged to max out the potential of the North Sea, with ministers set to call on Britain's largest energy companies to invest record profits in new oil and gas ventures. Meanwhile, British pensioner David Hunter, who killed his terminally ill wife in Cyprus, has been released from prison for time served after receiving a two-year sentence for manslaughter. And lockdowns caused catastrophic damage to the social and emotional development of almost half of children, a new study has shown. Well, tell us something uh, we're surprised about, folks. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I can't believe it's August. That said, I don't know where you are this morning, but a, a lovely sunny morning uh, where I am outside uh, Talk TV Towers. I had a nice little bit of a sunrise this morning when I got up. It beats the misery of the rain and the clouds we've seen lately. But yeah, we are still predicted for another week or so to keep up with the uh, rain and the clouds. Uh, but uh, there's still uh, some clouds over our future economically, given our complete lack of proper energy reserves and our failure to invest over many decades. Yes, I'm blaming you, Labour and the Tories on this. Yesterday, we had an extraordinary situation. We covered this on the show, obviously. Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, being attacked by the Mirror for getting a helicopter uh, up to uh, Aberdeenshire. Um, 
perfectly reasonable, efficient use of his time as our Prime Minister, I would suggest. Um, as long as he's not lecturing everyone else not to use a helicopter, were they able to afford one? I'd get a helicopter every single day. Um, but having to defend, in, in the words of most of the media, defend, uh, trying to max out, as he's saying uh, in his statement, um, North Sea reserves and uh, encouraging more than 100 plus lic- new licences in uh, oil and gas uh, in the, the North Sea. Um, absolutely extraordinary. You should have to defend yourself against just doing something that, frankly, should always have been done anyway. Uh, Grant Shapps, the Energy Security or Net Zero Secretary, is going to meet major energy bosses in Downing Street tomorrow uh, to ask them to assess their, reassess their investments. And instead of uh, moving away from North Sea, because basically we, they were told, yeah, you're going to be penalised tax-wise, to put that investment back into the North Sea. I would say things are very much going in the right direction. Well, let's talk about that and lots of other big stories today with my guest in the studio. Delighted to welcome him back, political commentator and talk TV friend, uh, Russell Quirk. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, I mean, it is extraordinary the way some of the media, I mean, look, you know, BBC, Sky, you've got, you know, an awful lot of the newspapers are just sort of, oh, you know, this terrible thing of the prime minister of this country doing a sort of an energy crisis, mm. um, going to sort of try and encourage more licences to make sure we, we use as many of the reserves from the North Sea as possible. Admittedly, it will be a couple of decades before we see the benefits of any of these new licences and it'll be a drop in the ocean. Quite literally. Globally, um, yes. uh, it's a little globule of oil in the ocean. It, oh, no, even in terms of our, our UK um, mm. energy needs. But it's better than nothing, is what I would say. We are in an extraordinary state of affairs where anyone could even criticise this, aren't I know, we? I know. Well, look, it, there's such a thing as energy security, isn't there? And we know from the war in Ukraine what happens when you don't have uh, dependence on your own resources. And, and given that we are lucky enough to have those resources in the North Sea, we should obviously use them. And of course, America the, doing so well at the moment yeah, because of And the of mitigation this. here, of course, and look, I, I'm not quite sure how it works or if it works at all, is this £20 billion carbon capture project, which Rishi Sunak has also announced in parallel, which is somehow taking the carbon out of that production process and storing it deep in the ground somewhere as as a mitigation. So you would think, given that that provides us with energy security and also negates the carbon issue, that... They would be happy. That the swampies would be happy. They're never going to be happy. This is where you realise... This is not about saving the planet. This is very, very simple. It's about taking us back to the medieval ages. I think people have got to get to grips. This is a this is a religious it's cult. A cult yeah. It's not a proper political movement. I have to say, I was absolutely fascinated uh, by the words of the new chairman of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. You know, people constantly quote these IPCC reports. You know, the world is on fire. You know, the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is saying this. But in fact, you actually look at the actual reports themselves, and certainly the scientific documents that back them up. You see nothing of the sort, but they've got a brand new chairman, the professor, Professor Jim Skier, um, and he's done an interview with German media, and he's been really critical of the hysteria uh, and the scaremongering. I mean, really, just sort of saying, look, you know, this doesn't help anybody, and it's simply, it's simply not true. Um, he's uh, he said, I mean, really clear. He said uh, uh, that um, the world won't end if it warms by more than one point five degrees. We should not despair and fall into a state of shock if global temperatures were to increase by this amount. And that's what's happened in two hundred years. The world has warmed by about one percent. Yeah, you know, I, I remember not that one long degree, ago. Yeah. It seems only a few months ago that those uh, of a of a climate crisis persuasion were telling us that the Maldives 
Hughes and yeah. the Isle of Sheppey and so on will all be underwater yeah. imminently, which simply Not. isn't true. Yeah. I mean, again, and again, we, you know, we're going to do the polar bears are all dying. No, biggest population yeah. uh, in, in, in years. I mean, so much of the stuff they say is simply not backed up. But the people always point back to the IPCC reports. I still remember the sort of the deadly silence at a Question Time audience last time I did Question Time and I was pointing out, you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing that all the other hysterics on the panel were saying to please their greeny voting audience um, was true. And I said, none of this is backed up by the IPCC. And I made various points. And, uh, and, and they were all looking at me and sort of, this isn't true. No, because you've just, you've just told this, you've given this hysterical, you know, catastrophic uh, stuff. And it just simply isn't backed up by any facts and, at all. And, you know, it's a fake crisis when over the last few weeks, you know, we've been fed this, this fake global weather temperature type yeah. thing, whereby it, it seems that actual temperatures have been manipulated and lied about just to make it well, look Well, there's worse. a bit of a question mark about this, isn't there? That it's just, are these surface temperatures as opposed to air temperatures? But that has been denied. Yeah. Uh, been something, but some of the graphs put out do include surface temperatures, and it says clearly on the graph. And there has been a little bit of swapping and sweeping between. There's no doubt at all. There has been a, you know, a Mediterranean heat wave. Yeah, but there's also there been... has been a Mediterranean heat wave. It's the idea, it's like, it's the highest temperature since records began. We have come, you know, A, we've only but, but had this, records for about 100 years. But this happened, right? Yes. Do you remember and, and, 1976? Yeah, well, exactly. It's quite a while. Well, exactly. The nine, in America, they've had massive heat wave, record heat wave. The 1930s were quite clearly, and all all ratings were much much hotter and for longer. Um, so, so it's not a record. But also, again, you're looking about you're looking at a sort of a snapshot of human history, hmm. um, and we're coming out of a little ice age. That is a reality. We are we are we gradually oceans are rising very slowly, temperatures are gradually going up. We we should expect that we will have record temperatures yeah. again and again and again. But it. But it doesn't mean that life on Earth is going to end because it's been much warmer than this many occasions yes. while, while life has existed on the planet. But, but we're also told by the climate extremists, you know, when we have a cold summer like now, it's, oh, well, that's, that's not climate, that's weather. But yeah. of course, then when it seems yes. that Europe is overheating, it's 45 that's, degrees. Ah, that's climate that's change. Climate. Oh, exactly. So, so, oh, well, you want it both ways. I have to say, I you was a bit disconcerted. Ways. We mentioned this on the show yesterday. I was in Sicily last week and actually driving past Catania, which was massively hit on the, on the East Coast um, uh, with, uh, with this heat wave and it was here 43 44 degrees and and driving with, with fire on the actual motorway verges on both sides i've got to be honest with you slightly disconcerting but amazingly genuinely we spoke to lots of people and not just people in the in the tourist industry they would say oh look it is bad this year because this it's year, been so yes. hot for yes. so many so many weeks they said but i mean they have wildfires every year it's it's part and parcel of life um let's let's talk about um uh, uh, other other issues. We know the BP are going to post their uh, well their profits. We know they're going to be profits. Be big. Their yep. numbers are coming up probably hopefully in the next half hour. We'll bring those to you as soon as we get them. Um, let's also talk about um, good news for parents and kids. National Education Union and um, the NASUWT and NAHT, the Head Teachers Union, they have all accepted a six point five percent pay offer um, and called an end to strike action. We had eight days um, of strikes in total. It probably felt like a lot more to parents, particularly those of primary school age children having to take time off. They balloted their members. Those strikes are over. Um, look, to a certain extent, they look, they got 2% more than they were originally offered, mm. um, two percentage points more. But um, yeah, I but would say the, the government, I would, yeah, I would say the government won that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, no, I think so. You know, maybe Steve Barclay's tactics, um, after all, played out. I mean, he was like... Well, no, he's the health secretary. Oh, he's the health secretary. Chilling, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. It's difficult tactics. to keep up to Yeah, no, no, it is, it is, it is. But, but the government's tactics generally have been just to be quiet and not really to kind of come to the table. And I guess, yeah, you could argue here that that's played out. Um, and actually, in fairness, as inflation has come down, you could also argue, I suppose, that what they've got... Is 
is pretty close to inflation anyway. Um, yeah. I also noticed this morning there was another article talking about doctors, and obviously the doctor strikes are ongoing. And but we've got, f- yes, August we've got more. But the fact that actually now we've got about only two-thirds of the doctors that were originally striking are now That's striking. very telling, isn't They're it? They're not that it's, supporting. Yes, the peak was about sort of 29,000 when they first started in, I think in, in March, April. And then, and the, yeah, and that is that is quite telling that they're losing uh, support. Yeah. Um, although the consultant strikes have kind of almost just only just started. But again, we also know about the hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of appointments that are being delayed. Um, a, you know, elderly relative of mine, an appointment for something fairly routine, but necessary. Just coming as routine doesn't mean it isn't needed. Mm. Um, and uh, that, that was cancelled from from last month to December. Yes. December. Indeed. I mean, yes. it's absolutely ridiculous. We just need to, the train drivers to get with the programme now, don't yeah, we? Yes, that's it. Well, I'm, well, doctors and the train drivers, and then and then we can move back to normal life, we hope. Um, in terms of normal life, um, an awful lot of people not feeling that normal life has resumed, especially for those who've been damaged badly by lockdown. A new report um, shows, well, this is from the Institute for Fiscal Studies, you know, they know what they're doing. Uh, the, and the University College London Institute of Education, they've got together for a study and they've surveyed parents, uh, 6,000 parents, about um, uh, their children and in terms of impact of lockdown. Now, surveys of parents are very different from something you could actually measure yourself. We accept that. Um, but I think these, these there, there have been some really regular surveys of, of children's behaviour. And they have found that lockdown harmed nearly half of all children in the UK. Um, I'm amazed it's uh, so low. Uh, Talking about behavioural problems, emotional development, uh, tantrums, um, anxiety, um, depression and the like. And we know also another study, um, a report by the Children's Commissioner shows that eating disorders among children, um, the number of starting treatment has doubled since 2017 to 11,800. And that's if you can get treatment, um, because often you're looking at months and months waiting. Now, I I personally know two children who've who've, uh, developed anorexia uh, during um, uh, during lockdown periods who, who, who we were not aware of any issues beforehand now often often you know, stressful things like lockdown being banned from seeing your family and friends and locked in your home uh, 23 hours a day as the first lockdown was and losing that that routine and you and you know your, your life is school isn't it when you're when you're a kid um you know that can actually just tr- trigger kids who make things worse if they already had problems but i know kids who were really you know really happy go lucky or happy ordinary kids who have been deeply traumatized by it this was warned about beforehand it was warned about in the first weeks and they carried on doing it anyway. Yeah, why is this a surprise? I mean, th- this was absolutely inevitable. And of course, it, we, we, those of us of a particular persuasion politically warned government and the so-called yeah. scientists about this, and that was roundly ignored. Yeah. But there was no risk analysis in terms of this potential effect, this outcome, mm. uh, at all. Um, but yeah, who knew that when you lock down people of a formative age yeah. and, and treat them as if they're effectively in prison, that there are going to then be some psychological effects? I know. Obviously, <laughs> that is going going to be the case. But what really frustrates me is particularly in the media. I mean, the Telegraph's reporting this on their front page. Fair, the Telegraph were camping against lockdown for most of the time as well as, as you and I were. Um, but but it is extraordinary. So in the media going, oh, isn't this terrible? Oh, really? The same oh, ones. You're bothered about it now? You were, were demanding that yeah. schools were locked down at those press conferences. I, I'm... Yeah. Sorry, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Never going to stop banging on about this because we're living with this and our children are living with this for decades. Um, I want to ask you about it. Um, lockdown caused catastrophic damage to the social and emotional development of almost half of children. This is a, a you know study from the Institute for Physical Studies and University College London. I want to know, how did it affect your family and friends? Tell us your stories. Everyone's got one. 
everyone's got one do get in touch obviously we won't read your real name out if you don't want us to uh, but it, do let us know we need to hear those stories uh, you can tweet me out to talk tv you can text the word talk then your message to 87222 and of course you can call 0344 499 1000 that's 0344 499 1000 do get in touch particularly if you're a teacher you're a doctor you're a psychologist you're dealing with a lot of these problems yourself i really appreciate your call we, again we don't have to use your real name 6:45 is the time we'll look at the front pages up next this is talk breakfast the biggest breaking news stories an outspoken opinion the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio